0: Hello there it's Brian of London here and uh, yes there's no video my phone seems to be unable to record video on the front facing camera with decent sound so we're going old school podcasting there'll be a nice static picture perhaps from the air show I was at yesterday which was the Israeli Air Force pilots passing out parade with the most incredible air show but before I get to that I'll I wanted to update you all on uh, JPB Liberty and the case in Australia, the cryptocurrency case. The, the case, the one I've been talking about for two years, uh, where my friend and I, basically Andrew himself, is suing Facebook and Google in court in Australia on uh, for cartel behaviour. And it's a big case. Now, we filed it uh, at the end of the summer last year, and we've been in court a few times, each of which I've reported. Um, but it all kind of went silent after December the 18th, where we had a court date. We were supposed to be in court again in February, but unfortunately our judge postponed that court date. And since February, we've been unable to get another court date with our original judge. So. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we got notified by the court in Australia that we'd been assigned a new judge. Uh, And she is a very, very new judge. She was only appointed to the bench in Australia's uh, federal court in February, I believe. Anyway, so this is sort of... She's got no judgments, no history, um, and this is going to be one of her first cases so we managed to have our first uh, case management hearing with her last friday which we felt went pretty well very very different style to the the old very experienced judge we had before but we're we're hopeful and now we've got uh, four weeks which is three weeks from today in order to gather together all the paperwork we've issued so far We're gonna sort of combine a whole load of submissions, you know, because we were in court uh, four times with the other judge. So we're gonna gather all the submissions from those, um, summarize them, well, not not even summarize them, just collect them all together in one big submission that supersedes the other ones. Uh, We've got nearly all of our documentation which we've supplied to the court, which is, you know, thousand, more than a thousand pages. We've got that together in a consolidated, concise court book. Um, We'll be adding a few little things that have happened um, that I will get to because um, they might involve a certain huge games company called Epic and we're going to gather all of that together, put in a new submission, uh, have another court hearing about case management and then hopefully we will have a kind of a one and done hearing to decide How you know whether we get what we're waiting for, which is leave to serve the permission to actually present the case to Facebook and Google Um, because that is that's the goal, that's the immediate short term goal. But in having taken so long to get to this point. we we have strengthened our case enormously. Uh, it's not to say that the case that we first filed last year was bad, it's to say that having had it been challenged a number of times by a very senior judge, and again, having to go through another challenge process with a new judge, each time we have to do this, we have to look at the case with new eyes and, and present it, and I think it's getting better and better and stronger and stronger. And we're, we're successively closing down all the avenues that that these two megalithic com- companies will have as defence. So, whilst you know this speed of justice is incredibly tedious and annoying, um, it has given us time to improve, and nothing has changed in the, uh, the legal system or, or the behaviour of these companies that that is going to significantly weaken or change our our case. So. I'm very, very hopeful. So the timetable is basically we're going to be submitting more documents in three weeks from today. And... Hopefully, very soon after that, we'll be having an actual substantive hearing on those documents. And the point is, now that we've got a new judge who's very new, she does not have a full docket. She doesn't have a whole list of historical cases, which our other judge did. Um, And, you know, she seems very, very flexible in terms of scheduling and stuff, and, and that's a huge win. Now, I mentioned Epic versus Apple. Now, Epic versus Apple is very interesting because uh, last summer, Epic sued Apple and Google in Australia's courts, in in America's courts first, um, on antitrust violations using the Sherman Act and various other things. Now, those cases are American law, they're not not staggeringly interesting to, to us, but Soon after they filed their America thing, towards the end of last year, I don't know, November or so, they also filed a case in Australia, which was very, very curious, because they used the sort of same branch of law that we're using, which is the consumer laws and the anti-cartel laws, but, but they're sitting under very different provisions because they're bringing a private action like we are, but they're bringing an action about damages done to them. Except that they didn't bring it as a financial case. They're not really asking for money. They're asking for a court to issue an order saying Apple, in this case, should open up their uh, app store to Epic. Now, you know, on the merits of their claim, I'm not really all that interested, but they. They did do something interesting from a point of view of law, and what actually happened, which was I think back in February or, or March of this year, was the judge, their judge, their case got held a lot, heard a lot quicker than ours, um, possibly because they had a huge established law firm acting for them, and of course it's Apple on the other side. Their case in the Australia, in the first, the first court hearing, the judge gave a very what, what seemed like a very peculiar ruling. And the peculiar ruling was that 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 because epic had a contract with apple and because in that contract with apple there is a clause that says any disputes about this contract should be heard in a court in california the judge in australia was forced to what's called stay the application. It, he he basically put it on hold in Australia and said, I'm sorry, but you've got to take this to a court in America, in California, and see if the court in America will hear your case even though it's based on Australian law. And that seems completely, well, crazy. I, I mean, it's very hard to imagine that a court in America, in California, is going to want to bother itself with anything to do with what is absolutely and completely an Australian law. But the judge in the first instance felt compelled to do this, and in his judgment, he said some very interesting things, because what he did point out was that Epic didn't need to bring this case, but that, well, he didn't really point this out, but he hinted towards it. Anybody could bring the case that... that The same case that Epic has filed could be brought by anyone in Australia who does not have a pre-existing contract with Apple. And that if you don't have a pre-existing contract with Apple that you've signed that says you've got to hear this case in, in America, well, you could bring the case and this judge would then hear it. So that was the sort of situation that was left in. And then Epic appealed. And their appeal was actually on the June the 9th, and it was, you know, nobody in the tech press in America really covered this, uh, maybe there was a single line or something, but at that hearing what was very interesting was that australia's government agency for competition the what's called the a triple c the australian uh, consumer competition whatever it is a accc a c we rely on their in fact we filed part of our court filings of evidence has been a 600 page report that they've done on on competition in the advertising market so anyway they filed a brief in that case which i'm waiting to get a copy of Um, one thinks that their brief would have been to say, yes, there is a compelling public interest in Epic's case against Apple, and that they were asking the appeal court to set aside the contract clause that says it must be held in California and hold it in Australia anyway. And this is the kind of thing, obviously we don't have the result of that appeal yet, but our spidey senses say that this is the kind of thing that an appeal court in australia might have the nerve to do which is to say you've signed a contract yes but we're going to put that aside here because you're asking a very specific question that is very pertinent to australian australian law and it needs to be heard so it may well be that epic does win the right to carry this case on in australia not because it, not because the the first judge got it wrong, but because the first judge, being a judge of first instance, really wasn't strong enough or bold enough, and and there there are good reasons for that, to forego that contract clause, whilst a full a full um, set of three judges in an appeal court, they can set aside a contract and say, actually no, the compelling public interest of hearing whether Apple has broken uh, Australia's competition law is worth hearing. So th- that case is very, very interesting. And in fact, at our hearing last Friday, which was just a a procedural hearing. We weren't really there to talk about any of the merits of our case. Our new judge did bring up the Epic versus Apple appeal. And she, you know, we don't know what she, she doesn't really know much about our case yet. I mean, she said to us, she has not read in all the documents. She's waiting for us to actually, you know, guide her through which documents actually matter. Um, She asked us whether this Epic versus Apple case was relevant to us. Now. It is relevant to us, but in a very interesting way, it's not relevant to us because we don't have, our case does not rest on our plaintiff, our lead plaintiff's contracts with Facebook or Google because he he actually doesn't have a contract with Facebook. He has no Facebook account. Um, He's got Google accounts, but not advertising Google accounts. So it's not that we haven't, we're suing about contracts, but not the contracts that we are party to. Um, so, we don't have this problem of jurisdiction being thrown to California, that, that's, that's sort of it's almost certainly irrelevant for us, but we do have a compelling public interest for bringing our claim, and the Epic versus Apple first uh, hearing, even though it sent the case to America, has a really strong public interest element that we are already making use of in our next submissions. So, I don't know if I've lost everyone in technical legal mumbo jumbo, but that's where we are with our crypto class action. So, really expect it to move again, and it could move quite quickly uh, once we're back in court with a new judge who's got lots more time on her hands. Uh, And I will say, I mentioned right at the beginning, I'll just say something about the air show yesterday. I was very lucky enough, because this is not a public ticket, I was lucky enough to be able to go to the passing out parade for the 39 new pilots who got their wings yesterday, including four women, including one of those women being a frontline fighter jet pilot. Um, and uh, the whole ceremony was it was fascinating, sort of an hour of speeches by uh, our new Prime Minister um, uh, Naftali Bennett and um, and then Benny Gann the defence uh, secretary spoke and the chief of, uh, yeah, you know, speeches and the chief of the air force and so on. Oh, and Reuven Rivlin, the um, president, spoke. But after they got done, wow, we got an air show. Um, and, and an air show that breaks all the rules because, you know, normally in air shows, the planes never fly over the crowd. It's like a complete rule. You know, you, you keep 100 metres from the crowd or more. No, these guys were just, you know, four F-16s going 400 knots directly above the cloud and then banking hard left, swinging round and coming in and doing a mock bombing run, sort of 300 metres from where the president and the prime minister are sitting. It's really quite amazing. They had gunships come in and do a, a, a live fire demonstration of, of giving covering fire while a huge... Uh, helicopter came in to do a heli-evac, we had F-15s doing dogfights with going vertical directly above the crowd while dropping uh, infrared flares and uh, we had an F-35 basically close out the show and that thing, boy is that unquiet. <laughs> anyway, that was a great, great experience, beautiful ceremony, very unmilitaristic to be honest. Um, very defensive. I don't know how to explain this to you. And nice marching and the band and a beautiful little jazz jazz band with a nice saxophonist. I don't know. It, it and it was a, but it's a ceremony. 90% of the crowd are friends and family of those getting their wings or the other cadets. That's who it's for. It's it's not an easy ticket to get a hold of. Um, so very very interesting. Beautiful little ceremony. Nobody wearing masks sort of covid COVID stuff seems to have gone, though though I've been told we're, we're actually instituting masks again in the next hour or so, but whatever. Anyway, this is Brian of London. I'm in my forest recording without video, just the audio, lots of bird noise, lots of trees. Hopefully you can hear it and hopefully the background noise isn't too distracting. This will be up on my podcast. It'll be on 3Speak. It'll be value for value enabled. You can stream it and stream sats to me at the same time, so... I'm still working on PodPing and uh, all the podcasting 2.0 stuff. Anyway, it's Brian of London saying Shabbat Shalom from the forest and uh, thanks all for listening. Bye-bye.